the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Ah, I've been waiting for... 99 days! Two months at least to say this? Baseball is back, baby! Let's go! (sighs) Play ball! As of today, this afternoon, Major League Baseball ownership group, as well as the Players Association, came to an agreement... They were finally able to get it done. They met in the middle, kind of, and they put together a CBA, and baseball is back. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. And Bear, we've got ball to play. Yes, sir. Let's go. Also, by the way, as just to acknowledge what we're doing, we're recording this podcast uh, at 7.21 p.m. on what's today? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Free agency is open again. That's weird. I'm monitoring about. Twitter right now. We could get some deals tonight. Okay, keep me posted on any potential the, breaking news because the, that is happening. Okay, that, hey, this room's that was haunted. Weird. Did, that was did weird. you hear that? I heard that. Could they hear that on the podcast? Could you guys? Could you I guys hear like the ghost? I feel like there's ghosts in this room. I think it's wind, but I, I. How do you know? Right? It is windy outside right now. Okay, that would explain it. But it makes this weird, like. Whoo- I swear it's not us. Anyway, that was me whistling that time. Anyway, CBA. Uh, here's some of the details. Can I just run through them quickly, and then we'll pick what we want to talk about? Yes. Is that cool? Yes. All right. So there's a pre-arbitration bonus pool. Basically, what that means is uh, a pool of money that they could distribute to some of the younger players who are really, really good. There's $50 million in that pool. Additionally, minimum salary for players in the major leagues goes up to $700,000 starting this season. That goes up $20,000 each of the next five years. That's how long the CBA is, by the way. Five years. So we're going to redo all this in five years. Um, there's going to be... Yay. I know, right? There's going to be a <laughs> draft lottery for the top six picks. That could have affected the Diamondbacks this past year, so yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. The universal DH, uh, which we knew was coming, and no more pitchers hitting. So that's interesting. There was a, there was a rumor going around yesterday that Nelson Cruz retired. And then someone was like, never mind, he's not retiring. Yeah, wrong time. He probably got word of the Universal DH. He's like, oh, 15 more jobs for me, possibly. The amateur draft was shortened to 20 rounds. The thing's too long anyway. Yeah, it's It's way too long. What was it, like 85 rounds before this? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Players can now be (laughs) optioned five times per year. What was it before? Unlimited is oh. my understanding of it. You could you oh, have three options years, right? But you can be sent up and down up, unlimited yeah. time. Yeah, but so, there's a. There, but I think you have to be down for ten at least ten days or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So now it's enough five time to put on a uniform for the other team before I they call wonder, you back up. I wonder how that'll change roster construction. Yeah, that's anyway, gonna be interesting. Um, there's now going to be a rules committee made up of players. MLB appointed people and umpires or former umpires <laughs> to determine what rule changes need to be made to the game. They can implement them within 45 days. Find that to be very interesting. That starts in 2023, is my understanding. Along with most of the stuff that they're going to be changing on the field, sounds like most of it's going to be in 2023. Yeah, well, I mean, we just need to get 2022 started. I know. <laughs> yeah, we don't We're already talking about 2023, much, yeah. and 2022 is barely happening um tell me that this doesn't feel like modern day sports there's going to be looser rules on endorsement deals for sports gambling companies Mm -hmm. which i find interesting because you still can't gamble in sports if you're a player coach whatever just you know look up calvin ridley in the dictionary 
team yeah, at all. No, you're not supposed to do that. Inside um, information. But apparently you're allowed to endorse sports Others, betting. You just can't other, do it's it. It's okay for other people. You can break the law. <laughs> I'm just not going to. Just kidding. It's not against the law. Not At least anymore. not in Arizona anymore. Uh, 162 games will be played this season with nine inning doubleheaders to make up for the games that are pushed back. I, I was surprised that they changed that because, I mean, now we have the potential. I mean, it was always there with the runner starting on second base. They got rid of that, too. Yeah, um, I definitely want to talk about that, but we can do that but, in a minute. I mean, I always thought that they were trying to... I didn't have a problem with the seven inning doubleheaders, honestly, because it you know it's less chance that players can get hurt and less chance that wears out the players. So I thought it was actually kind of good for the players. But then we see Madison Bumgarner throw a no hitter in seven innings, and it's not it's not a legit no hitter. So count. come on, okay, whatever. Okay, fine. I'm I'm okay with it either way. Um, I was actually as someone who works on broadcasts for these games, I was okay with the runner on second base for a while because I'm like, yeah. okay, great. Uh, the game's over way way quicker. If I it thought goes that to... was the whole point was to make the game shorter, and we're taking away rules that make the game quicker. I I don't understand why that's happening. Um, the last thing I wrote down from the CBA that I found interesting was uh, there is a July 25th deadline this year to agree on an international draft. The way it currently works is basically teams have a pool of money they can spend on international guys and free agency. Mm -hmm. Those guys can just go to whoever bids the most or wherever they want. It's international free agency. This would potentially lead to an agreement where they have a draft where those players can't just go. I mean, who was it? It was Cespedes who went to the White Sox last year. Was like the biggest, uh, the biggest international signing. Not oh, not Yoenis. Okay, uh, yeah, Yolkis or I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't name. remember his yeah. first name. But it he per, ends up it, going to the White Sox, and it's like they don't need a boost right now. Right. Like they're a good team. Right. They're a division winner, and it kind of prevents teams for uh, from like what the D backs did with Yasmani Tomas, um, paying him sixty eight million dollars right away. Like it, you can still do that, I guess, but now you have to draft these guys and probably, yeah. you know, see them play more because the whole rumor was that the D backs never saw Yasmati Tomas play baseball and they just wanted to get someone from Cuba because the Dodgers had Puig. Well, that much is it. So um, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, I doubt it affects how the Japanese players come over to Major League Baseball because they have their own system. That's with, the posting system. Yeah, they have to play a certain amount of time for their teams in Japan. Because they're they, on a team, Yes. whereas if you're in the Dominican or they're not Cuban... These kids are like 15 years old that they're right, signing. Right. Um, but in Japan, you have to play for your team for a certain amount of time. I don't know how, much time, how, how many years it is. And then the team posts the player... So that MLB teams can bid on them, and I think yeah. the Japanese team gets a cut. It's kind of messed up, actually, if you think it's about it. It's a lot like the but, soccer, the way soccer does it, too, where you can pay another team to take their player, right? Yeah. I'm not, like, super Yeah, I, I'm not an expert info, but. on it, but I it, it sounds like it's going to be mostly for the Latin American players, but it's it's interesting. It'll probably make that a lot. You know what? It's probably It could be good for those players, too, because now we're going to have more pl- uh, people studying up on the players that are potentially in that draft, and you can know who they are. Because a lot of times you don't know who these people are at all, and they sign them. At the, you know, they sign these guys under the table. It's kind of back channel, back alley stuff, at, yeah. and they sign them at 16 years old. So 
And in Puig's case, you smuggle him through Mexico. Yasmani came to the America. Cuba thing is still a little dicey. Yasmani like, came on some boat to America, and he, you know, someone smuggled him out of Cuba, and he left his family behind. Yeah, that's more like geopolitical than yeah, it is. Yeah, that's like, not the baseball. Yeah. yeah, it's not their fault. Um, so there's really not a lot of rule changes to the game. You, you talked about we're taking away the runner on second well, base. not this year. Not this year, but next year. Yeah. Is that right? But the only real rule change is the universal DH. Right. Or at least the most significant of them. So Ken Kendrick, the managing general partner of the Diamondbacks, was on Burns and Gambo earlier. And if you want to listen to that interview, it's on ArizonaSports.com. And he was, you know, he was going through a lot of the changes. And he kept saying, and I thought this was interesting, that uh, he was talking about, I, I, I wasn't, I can't remember specifically if he was talking about the shift banning um being implemented in 2023 but everything he was talking about the um the pitch clock that they're implementing an 18 second pitch clock where the when the pitcher receives the ball from the catcher he has 18 seconds to throw a pitch now i don't know how they're going to enforce that and what the penalties are if you don't because honestly like what if a batter steps out of the box what if can the pitcher step off the mound? Well, those like, are technically you know I mean? timeouts, right? I guess. So then does the clock restart? So then do you limit the number of times they can step <laughs> you can off? step out of the box and step off? Well, they limit the number of times you can go to the mound. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Um, here is Ken Kendrick on Burns and Gambo just this afternoon talking about that pitch clock. The year that it was in play uh, last baseball season in the minor leagues, each game, on average, was reduced in length by over uh, nearly 25 minutes wow. in length. Wow. So that's a significant efficiency to the game, makes the game move at a, at a, at a, at a better pace. The last time I checked, the that's average a, that's length... That's a big chunk of time. Yeah, because the honestly. average length of a game is about three hours, ten minutes, I think, is the last time I checked. So 25-minute reduction, you're looking at 245-ish? And that's a lot better than three and three and a quarter. Yeah. So here's the thing that makes baseball shortening a game so difficult compared to other sports. A lot of baseball is downtime. There's between innings time. There's mm-hmm. what a, you work on broadcast. There's a minute and a half, minute forty five. Like I think something like that where they warm up between every inning. And I'm like, do they need to warm yeah. up? No, they, they're good, right? They go to the ballpark like four hours I, ahead of the game. They I always, warmed up. I always found it funny when they're talking about, oh, he's he's at eighty something pitches. I'm like, he's probably thrown like hundred and forty five pitches. Yeah, if you the warm up, the, the bullpen, bullpen between, between innings. innings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know it's all to get used to the mound and stuff like that when you first come out of the bullpen to start the game. Comfort. Or yeah, it's just to get used to how everything looks. Familiarity. Yeah, and you're, you know, so I don't know, well, whatever. But what's but, hard about that is that's when MLB makes their money on the broadcast because that's when advertisements right, run. Right, right. They don't have TV timeouts for kickoffs like football does or every time somebody scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's not the same in baseball. Just because you score doesn't mean we go to commercial break. You only go to break when... The inning's over. Right. So they can't do away with that. Part of me wonders if they could run more ads in-game, <laughs> like digital uh, over the broadcast, or heck, even, I mean, run some of them on the field. The NBA broadcasts now, they do in the corners of the court. Sometimes they'll digitally impose yeah. advertisements, and I don't mind that because it looks like it's on the court. Right. I mean, you can put one on the, look, on the fence, and I'd be like, I don't know the Sometimes they look really bad, but yeah. Yeah. But if it saves us 15 MLB, seconds per commercial break, MLB I might be okay started with it. MLB started doing that with the um 
uh, it was almost like a green screen effect with like plain, you know, advertising areas behind home plate and they would digitally imp- it was like yeah. you're saying digitally impose some like a progressive ad or you know geico or whatever it is you know chick-fil-a whatever um i love chick-fil-a by the way if you want to sponsor is our podcast we're going after there the we podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't mind wouldn't mind it i hope they're open um, late yeah uh so i mean it was a bumpy road to get here honestly after yesterday yesterday was a mess Yesterday was an absolute failure by both sides. I, I thought there was both sides were throwing each other fair offers. I thought, I thought, I thought it was fair. Both the 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 the, the CBA that the owners were throwing at the players, the players counter offer I thought was fair. I'm like, why is no one accepting any of these deals? These are fair. These are fair deals. And and I was, I mean, I it looked pretty bleak yesterday. I was I was very distraught last night when. You know, there was no talks. There was no more proposals. I'm like, oh my gosh, this they're gonna they canceled more games. They canceled the second series of the year. Yep. Um, I was I was losing hope, honestly, of of a season of a 162 game season for one. And I was thinking, man, are we gonna even start in April? Are we not gonna start till May? And then all of a sudden today, it they got that deal done. Well, I, I got to give credit to Gambo when they talked with Derek Hall yesterday after talks broke down again. And I was a little surprised that Derek came on at that point because it's not like anything had changed. Right. You know, it, we hadn't got the, the only, deal yet. The only thing that changed was they canceled more games. Right. So I was surprised, uh, not surprised, I was very glad that Gambo came out of the gate with, why didn't you guys come to the table sooner? Uh, why, why the end of January, early February are we starting these talks when you guys have been locked out? By the way, that was the owner's decision since December. So I was very pleased that he came with that uh, in the beginning. The answer was not so great. Um, but Ken Kendrick, to his credit, acknowledges that the owners need to do a better job, whether it's building that relationship with the players or just coming to the table. And he kind of talked about that a little bit with Burns and Gambo today. It's incumbent on us to uh, do better work than we have done. Uh, onus is on us. You know, they don't agree with us. They certainly have a right not to i think we have a duty to be better at explaining ourselves than we have been hopefully we'll do that yeah and he he mentioned also that they need to do a better job the owners and the players association of working as partners instead of adversaries like the nfl and the nba and also the nhl you know they they the teams and their players associations respectively they work as a team to get their league going to implement change and to get their leagues played on time. The NFL and the NBA were able to figure out how to play during COVID in 2020. Um, the NFL played a full season in 2020. And the only sport that couldn't figure it out was baseball because they were too busy haggling over money and how much players were going to make. There is no trust between the MLB Players Association and the owners. There's no trust there. They hate each other. Um, at least that's what it seems like from the outside where I'm looking at it from. They can't stand each other. And they they never – we always hear this phrase when they, they're negotiating. It's, and there's been way too – much negotiating the past two or of the last three years. There's been way too many negotiations instead of just playing the freaking game. We've heard this phrase negotiating in bad faith. Yeah. That's what they do. Like they weren't serious about right. it. Right. Look what they've done 
I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting mad, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that baseball's back. So just that, that's my bring me back to my sanity. But I keep wondering what was your, what was your game here? Why weren't you negotiating and bargaining in January, in December when the deal expired? Why can't they bargain before the deal expires? I don't understand that. Why were they like? I said this last week. They were like a college student at ASU, like me. They were up in, you know, up till however late in the night trying to get their assignment done before it's due. And they managed to do it. And we're having a 162 game season somehow with double headers and, and, and delaying the opening day and adding the games on at the end. But like, why was that your process? I'll take your metaphor a step further. You go to do your paper that's due at midnight on Friday night or whatever, and you put it off to the last second. You're writing it at 11 p.m. 11.59 comes. You're, you're still finishing it up. You go to post it, but it's 12.01, and <laughs> it's closed, and you've missed that deadline already. You can't turn that paper in. But then you email the teacher the next day, and you say, hey, I couldn't get in because the website, it wouldn't let me. Right. I tried at 11.59, but it wouldn't let me. And your teacher allows you to turn it in late, and you still get a grade on it. That's what happened with baseball this week. Yeah, pretty much. They they were too late. They were canceling games. They canceled the first two weeks of they, the season. They and they said, we're not going to bring it back. We're not going to play these games. And here we are. And then they finished it, and they were like, oh, by the, the way, we're going to play all those games. The deadlines were just all just meaningless arbitrary they were meaningless they were total ploys to try to get the players to to accept whatever deal that was thrown out there they had what three or four deadlines go by yeah you better agree by today or we're gonna cancel more games that deadline passes well well, this afternoon you better get it done good on the players to call that bluff because the players recognize not only are we losing money by not playing games but also you the owners aren't going to get Ticket sales, uh, concession revenue, parking. You're not going to get anything for those games that we miss. So we're not the only ones missing out here. Now, here's the other wrinkle of it, though, is the owners were willing to cancel a certain number of games because if they played 150 games, you'd still get that well, TV money, yeah, right? I was just going to say, they were probably willing to lose the games up until they can't like a, like a, I don't TV know what the money. number is, but like 140. Yeah. If you play 140 games... Th- the TV companies and the radio contracts, they're probably still going to pay out in full. Yeah. So they're not going to go like dock you based on how many no, games you missed. I doubt that would I happen. Don't, I don't think. But that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know I'm not a TV executive yet. If we were, we wouldn't be here right now. Well, yeah, that's true. Probably. But we I could mean, still be here. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting that Ken brought up. He seemed really to be an advocate of both a salary cap. Mm-hmm. and a salary floor, yeah, which is interesting because you and I talk about this a lot. You think that the Diamondbacks don't pay enough for their payroll. Right now, they're estimated to be in the 70 to $80 million range I for mean, the payroll. Most years, they're a little over 100 Yeah. I League mean, average is 120 I, I, I acknowledge, I know that they're not the, you know... Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, or the A's or I mean, I always want to bring up the Rays because they never spend anything on their on their payroll, but they're really good. They do it. They're not the Cleveland Guardians slash Indians, whatever they are. They're paying like five bucks for their team. Yeah. So and Ken was on Burns and Gambo and he to his credit, he was pretty much against teams that don't pay 
you know, for, for a lot of their players. Like he, he was against the, the bottom feeders or whatever he called them. I can't remember what he said, but he was pretty much against those teams that are, are willingly not paying enough. I believe this is the clip that you're talking about. I think it's important for the future of the game. Uh, I think a way to achieve it is to make the players uh, uh, identify with the other end of a salary cap, and that is a salary floor, where we do have teams, and I'm very direct with my colleagues in saying this, we have teams that uh, do not spend a fair amount on their major league team. So I think they're equally at fault in the system uh, to maybe teams that spend what we would deem excessive amounts. Both needs to be both be both areas need to be dealt with. So this is interesting too because we heard reports in the last week that Ken Kendrick was one of four owners that was against raising the CBT, the competitive balance threshold or tax, whatever you want the T to stand for. <laughs> and I think a lot of people were had a misconception of this. A lot of people thought that was just Ken Kendrick being a old curmudgeon who was against whatever the players wanted, right? When really, he spent a lot of time explaining this. I don't want to play the cut. It's like four minutes long. But basically, (laughs) what he was saying was, I wasn't against raising what is essentially the salary cap. He said, I'm fine with raising it. But what I didn't like is that the players wanted to lessen the taxes, the penalties for going over. Because think about it. He runs an organization. Are are the Diamondbacks ever going to pay $230 million for their payroll? No. So he doesn't care about the ceiling, about about the cap. What is called the CBT. Right. He doesn't care how high that is because he's never going to pay it. What he does care about is that other teams, specifically the Dodgers, maybe the the, the Giants, the Mets, a lot of teams in the National League even will pay up there. And if we lower the penalties, there's no reason for them to go to 300. And And then his team can't compete with that. A lot of people were calling the CBT and and the new those penalties you're talking about, they were calling it the Steve Cohen tax. Yeah, because he's willing because to pay whatever. He he's in an interesting spot because he's a billionaire. He owns them. He owns the team that he loves. He was a Mets fan before he bought them, so he will do anything to help win a championship uh, in Queens. So I guess I get it. It's kind of just like, well, why can't you pay more? I guess I don't know. I guess you only have so much money. Um, well, this is the only sport where there is no actual right. salary cap. It's just this. If you want to pay half a billion dollars, you can do that. Yeah. If the Dodgers want to pay $300 million on their payroll, they are welcome to do that, but they'll have to pay extra stuff in taxes for it. And some owners, I guess, are deterred by that, obviously, because it's a lot and it's way more money than they were going to spend on their payroll. And Well, but then if but, you divide it up amongst the 30 teams, those taxes actually don't add up to all that much shared revenue. Not compared to the shared revenue that they get on, you know, other things like merchandise. Yeah. I mean, like the CBT, it might hurt your organization, but it doesn't help a lot of the small ones. Like the Pirates aren't getting a lot back in CBT taxes. No. You know what I mean? No, no. At least not enough to like make their payroll significantly. Right. Not enough for them to go out and get a star free agent. So it's not like I'm some Ken Kendrick apologist or he doesn't need me to stand up for him, but he makes a good point. And I'll say this as for myself, because you mentioned it earlier. I do get carried away sometimes when I say the D-backs don't spend enough money. I mean, in reality, I, I just don't like when teams, and not just the Diamondbacks, but other teams too, claim that they're in a small market when they're not. Phoenix is not a small market. It's one of the fastest growing markets right now, honestly. 
Um, we're what the fifth biggest city in America. Like, yeah, something like I think that. We just yeah. passed Philadelphia. Yeah, recently and Houston. I, 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 I disagree when when the D backs and other teams do stuff like that when they co- come out and say that they're in a small market when it's just not true. Like the Padres, they're not a small market team. San Diego's big city, but sometimes in the past they've said they're a small market team. Now they they're they have a new owner that spends money. So whatever. I guess it just depends on who owns your team. But I'll acknowledge though that they're not Cleveland. They're not Pittsburgh. I would throw Texas in there, but they just spent like half a billion dollars on two guys. They're not bottoming they're not, out. They're not at the bottom of the league. They pay players. They just pay the wrong ones. Yeah. Um, That's a management issue. They, I mean, not that Zach Granke wasn't good here. Zach Granke was pretty good overall here. Was he two hundred million? But yeah, was he you worth gave that? Two hundred million dollars. You gave Madison Bumgarner eighty-five million dollars. You gave Yasmani Tomas sixty-eight million dollars. And when you look at their payroll, they're, I think you sent me these numbers a while ago. They're over $120 million right now. Well, right now? No. Right now they're in the $70 million range. Well, last year. Last year. Something like uh, that. I'd have to look it up, but it was, it was, it was, it was north was of 100 Something like that. And But their second highest paid player is Nick Ahmed. Correct. You know what I mean? So it's... They're, they're, I know they're still paying Granky, whatever they agreed to pay the Astros. Um or whatever they agreed to take on with Granky's contract or they traded him. But it's just it seems like they've just invested in the wrong guys. And that needs to change, hopefully. So, they, they, yeah, they do spend money. I mean, they have. They've done it recently. So here's so some of the I numbers. I just would like to see the, that money get put into better talent. Yeah, better not, team on the not field. Not pitchers who are over 30 I think that's. Starters. I think that's totally fair. Um, so here's some of the numbers. In 2021, they had the 22nd ranked payroll. That doesn't sound good, but it's also not in the bottom five. Um, that was also a rebuilding year. 2021 was after they had traded all their best players in 2020. So uh, let's call it what it is. 2020, they were 14th, right in the middle of payrolls around the league. Uh, and that was above league average. 2019, they spent $120 million, which is right now the league average. So it's not like they're a bottom feeder. I agree with you. It's frustrating when you are in the, what are we, the fourth or fifth biggest city in America, and we're playing like we're a middle market I would when just, we're a big market, but it's also a different market. Yeah, because it is everybody a in You're Phoenix, right. well, not literally, but most people in a Phoenix are amount. from somewhere else. Uh-huh. That's why the Cubs draw so well. That's why the Dodgers draw so well. We've got people coming from the left. Uh, uh, I don't mean politically. Coming from the west, I should say. We've got people coming from California. On the map, it's to the left. We've got people coming from up, <laughs> coming from uh, Chicago <laughs> and Minnesota and Michigan, and even some people from the East Coast. Jersey. There's a ton of people from New Jersey. Yorkers. Man, Philadelphia, Boston. So, this is a transient market. Yeah, a lot of people come from elsewhere. The Diamondbacks may be in a big market per people, like if you're talking like per capita, but we just don't have as many fans. And this is a newer franchise. And but we've seen in it's only the past, 25 years old. We've seen in the past though with this team what winners can do here. Yes, 2001 was a perfect example of that. And like there, there's random games when the team is good, you'll you'll fill your stadium on a with D backs fans. I'll say that specifically. You'll fill when back in '02 after they won the World Series. You know you'd have a you'd have a random Wednesday night game against the the 
the St. Louis Cardinals are not nah, that's too big of a it's too good of a team. The <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates, I don't know how good they were back then. Uh, but you know what I mean? They haven't been good since you the You know 90s. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You'd have a random game on a random weeknight against a random team that would be sold out because the team was good. Right. And look at the Suns now. And I'm not but uh, yeah, they again, fill out and they're again, good. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying that the only way to be a good team is to spend a lot of money. That's not true because the Tampa Bay Rays don't spend a lot of money at all and they're in the playoffs every year. In fact, they sell off their best players every Correct. year. Correct. They they trade them away before they get better. They trade them away before they got to pay them. Yeah. And they get better because they have a great scouting department and a great front office. Yep. And um so I just I would like to be in on the, some of the top free agents every year. It would be nice to be able to say hey, like, hey, the D-backs could actually sign Carlos Correa or Trevor Story or or Max Scherzer or whatever. You know what I mean? It'd be so, nice, but I I just don't know how that's going to be. Honestly, with where the D-backs are now, they should probably really focus on building their farm system and yeah. making you know developing the top guys to be your major league contributors and trading some other pieces to get major league talent. Um, I didn't really plan on talking about this, but can I bring something else up? Sure. Um, Gambo tweeted this today. I don't banning the shift. Did we say that's going to happen in 2023? I wasn't. I'm not clear, clear on that. with what Ken Kendrick was telling the guys. Okay, but everything it pretty much sounded like everything that is an on-field rule change is going to be implemented in 2023. Okay, got it. So I, I'm totally willing to disagree with somebody like Gambo, okay? So he comes on, uh, he's on it on Twitter this afternoon, and he tweets this. I'm hearing that banning the shift in MLB is expected. Then it says, dash, God, I hope so. It's ruining baseball, meaning the shift. So here's, uh, I just want to throw this alternative view out there. You're playing football. You're the offense. You're the quarterback, even. I'll make you the quarterback. Sweet. You deserve it. Should I scrub um, my Instagram account now? No. The entire defense, you're you're un, not under center, you're in shotgun. The entire Oh, de- I am Kyler Murray. Cool. The entire defense shifts to your right. <laughs> what what do you do? I would probably throw it left, Steve. Or run left? Or run? Yeah, I you would go, go left. left. The ball would go left. You go left. <laughs> That's my argument against this whole like banning right. the shift. I know it's the easy argument is, hey, learn to hit, hit the, the ball other the other way. way. Yeah. But here's here's my other point, and this is more important than just learning to go the other way. Because, by the way, Joey Gallo's the biggest pole hitter in baseball. And who led the majors in bunt hits last year? Do you know? I don't know. I have no idea. Joey Gallo. Oh, you knew that. With seven. Your face to me right there, like, you I, look like I you acted didn't like know. I didn't know. That, I fell that for that. That was the best. I, dude, I deserve an Oscar. Um, Joey Gallo led no, the major leagues in bunt hits With last seven. Year. Okay. With seven. All right. Joey Gallo is doing what everyone's saying he should do, and he's still not good at it. Perceptually. <laughs> perceptually. That's what we think, right? Here's the bigger point about the shift. By banning the shift, you're not making offense better you're not making your product better by adding more offense you're making it easier for them by making it harder to play defense could you imagine in the scenario that i just gave you with football could you imagine that the entire defense shifts to the right and the offense's argument is that's ruining the game (laughs) no it's not it's giving you an opportunity to adapt and try to figure out a way around it which in this case is left go left and it it is easy for us to say 
just hit the ball the other way when pitchers now are throwing 94-mile-an-hour sliders. What's easier to do is banning things when teams figure out a strategic advantage. And that's what the shift is. It's, it's just it's statistically an analytic, proven yeah, it's an advantage. An, it's an analytic thing. It's completely analytics-driven. Yeah. It's saying, wow, David Ortiz hits the ball to the right side and through the hole a lot. Yeah. We should put someone over there. I I I didn't have a problem with the shift. I, I was never a ban-the-shift person. Um, my thing was just like I hated. I hate when teams shift with runners on base. Uh, when you're shifting in a double play situation, and then oh, yeah. you, a ball gets hit, and then there's nobody there because you're shifting, you know, and there's no one at second base. Um, well, listen, I never understood it's not that either. Work. Yeah, but I That's was never. I was never a. It's ruining the game, person. I was always like, well, maybe stop trying to hit it. And and they're and why they're banning it is because now instead of players trying to hit it the other way they're trying to hit it over everybody and they're striking out a lot more and there's less offense because they're trying like Joey Gallo is one of the most powerful hitters in the game but he hits like 200 every year because he's trying to hit a home run every time because there's someone sitting in between in right short right field in front of the right fielder and he can't hit it anywhere else so he tries to hit a home run that's a good point but to me, I was never, I never had a huge problem with it. It's part of the game, defense. So, like, it, they're and they're just talking about the infield. They're not saying you can't shift your outfield either. So, and they're not saying you can't move your infielders. But it is you have to have but at the time of the pitch. This is just by what Ken Kendrick was telling Burns and Gambo. He was reading straight from the deal. <laughs> he read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It listen was, to the interview if you it, haven't caught it. Was, it was, ha- when the pitch is being thrown, you have to have two players on either side of second base, at the most two, and they have to be on the dirt. He said they have to be on the dirt. Oh, interesting. So, but Shortstops will sometimes play in the outfield. Yeah. So, a little bit. So you're, you're no longer going to see um, the Padres, for example, putting Manny Machado basically in right field. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Arm. Can I point out... Last year, I went to a game in San Diego. You could have seen them play here at the Diamondbacks. It would have been the same effect. Mm-hmm. I went to San Diego, went to a game with a buddy, and I forget who was hitting. Um, I want to say it was like, it wasn't Scott Kingery. He's not, uh, it was the Phillies. I think it was Didi Gregorius or something. Was hitting, right? Left-handed yeah. hitter, pole hitter. Yep. They moved Machado to what you described as short right field. Somewhere between second base and the right fielder. Basically a direct line between the two of them. And I've never seen a player stand in that particular p- position. He plays before. deeper in a shift than anyone I've ever seen. And it's your third baseman, right? And he's a good third baseman, really good fielder. Yep. But I mean, like he's not your shortstop. He's not the most athletic or whatever. So they put him out there in, in short right field. And my buddy and I are looking at each other like, "Hey, did you see? What, did you see what they're doing? That's that's interesting." And we're we're both like, "I don't know. The, the statistics must bear out that <laughs> that's what's going to happen." <laughs> what happened on the very next pitch? Didi Gregorius grounds out to Manny Machado in short right field. Yep. I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah. it's. I mean, they have the statistical advantage. That happened twice in that game. In just one game. I saw a play be made by Manny Machado in short right field, or whatever we're going to call it. I, I, I know the shift works. I know the pitchers. I've seen a, a, a couple pitchers tweet out how stupid it is they're banning the shift. Um, it's super dumb. It's, I, I, I don't agree with it. Um I also don't agree with the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock is dumb. Um, but if what Ken Kendrick said in that cut you played earlier, that it cuts 25 minutes off of a game, okay. 
That's fine. I'm totally down for shortening games. I don't however know, we can do. I don't know how they're going to enforce it. Is there like a big buzzer in the in the in the uh, speakers? If Madison Bumgarner doesn't throw the pitch after the pitch, yeah, like, I don't know. What do you what do you, what do you what's the penalty? You know, well, what I mean? and then to enforce that penalty, we have to do what? We have to call timeout. We have to announce the penalty. Which That's going to take up more time. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So really I don't fun. know. Um, yeah, I the shift thing. There's the ghost again. Did you hear it that time? Hello, ghost. Speak to us, ghost. What? I, how do you feel about the I ain't CBA? Afraid of no ghosts. I kind of am. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, are you? Well, in the moment. My wife wants to always do like she says one of the things she really wants to do like a vacationy type thing. She wants to do the Alcatraz tour at night. Cuz apparently Alcatraz that is haunted. That would be cool. Um no, it would not be, cool. be really cool. I do not want to do that. I'll go with her. <laughs> so I've done Alcatraz. Have you done Alcatraz? We so we went to San Francisco um, three three years ago, and we were unaware that you have to make those plans like three months in advance to oh, do Alcatraz. Yeah. So we really do. we tried, but they're like, "Yeah, you needed a reservation like three months ago." I'm like, "Well, we didn't know. Sorry." Yeah, and I was really disappointed because that's what I wanted to do while we going were there. to Alcatraz is really like negotiating a CBA. <laughs> it's like you kind of have to start early if you want yeah. to get there on time. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we Cody. Yeah, why didn't you? We come, didn't do that. Why didn't you come to the negotiating table back? In December. Yeah, we didn't. Um, we didn't. We didn't do that. You want to go to Alcatraz today? No, no, that's not. No, possible. we can't do that. That's stupid. We can't <laughs> find a boat. Sorry. Yeah, um, there's one right there. It's full. Yeah. No, I. I, I definitely. Uh, Alcatraz is cool, by the way. I would. I, I totally want to do it. Night. I just don't want to do it at night. Yeah. I went I am with scared of ghosts. See, I went to Alcatraz. This is a total sidebar, but we're gonna go there because we're already there. Didn't Al Capone die there? I don't know that he was in there. I know that at one point. Um, I went to Alcatraz with a bunch of people who study prisons because my girlfriend studies prisons. Like that's what she does for a living and like does research field on incarcerated people. And so I went with a bunch of people who do that. And so that was very interesting because Alcatraz is one of the most famous prisons in the world. Um, no longer functioning, by the way, in case people didn't know that. One of the, in- <laughs> we're talking about Alcatraz. One of the, <laughs> sorry, that was a ghost tangent. One of the I most the interesting ghost. facts about Alcatraz though, and why it was such a terrible prison, like, like for the prisoners and why it, like it punished them so hard was because it, like I, I watched a video about it. One of the worst parts about Alcatraz being a prisoner there was that you're so close to like, because the pier was right there, and there'd be you know festivals and stuff on, and and you know lots of life and everything and joy, and you can and they can hear it from there. Yeah, on a on a on a calm night on the water, you could hear it. Also, the Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory is right there, and they could smell the chocolate. And that would that was even more of a like a punishment. Like you can't have chocolate, and, but I can get on this boat and go get some. And San Francisco is right there, so they could smell the dirty diapers on the street. No, I'm just kidding. That was before. Yeah, that's probably true. There was also a baseball. I'm pretty sure league. there's an app that tracks like what street has the most poo on it. Did you know that's gross? Did you know <laughs> there's an app for everything these days? Did you know there was a baseball league that was played on Alcatraz? 
How? What? Really? Yes. Is it big enough to have a baseball field on it? Uh, yeah. Actually, there's a oh. yard, and they used to have actual baseball games on the yard, and there was like its own little league. I don't need to go into too many of the details because there weren't a lot of big names playing in the Alcatraz League. <laughs> but yeah, I bought a Al I bought Capone. A, I bought a souvenir baseball for the Alcatraz League. It's nice. pretty cool. That's cool. All right, let's get off our Alcatraz thing. Okay. Um, I'm really glad that there's a CBA deal. Obviously, uh, the fact that we get to play 162 games and we're not going to have a shortened season is great. Uh, kind of interesting that they're going to do nine inning uh, double headers. Yeah, that they're not going to do the seven inning thing that they've yeah. been doing in the past due to COVID cancellations. By the way, COVID's not gone, so like I don't want to be the damper on this mood that we have today. But like COVID could always what? mess it, with this stuff a little bit. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, it's not gone, but <laughs> the NFL just came out not too long ago and said they're pretty much suspending their COVID protocols. Yeah, and. Honestly, I'm I'm cool with it. Like I know, but at the same time, I know COVID. Booker just I know. sat out because he got COVID. I know. I'm not saying COVID is gone. It's not. Um, I had COVID in January, so I know it's not gone. Would not recommend. Uh, no, I I was okay. <laughs> okay. I I had a stuffy nose. My wife got the worst of it. She lost her taste and her smell and her. She, yeah. She has. She's got asthma, so she got a pretty decent cough with it and it affects everybody different yeah i just had a stuffy nose and i i felt fine the whole time i felt bad one day and then i went to bed and i felt fine the next day but she's probably not happy with you i know she was she's like i <laughs> for for many she, reasons she but that among me, it she told me she said, i feel like you have no symptoms and i'm like oh I guess. Well, yeah my system's better than yours um keep in mind spring training here locally obviously we're gonna get something um so over on KTAR News today, uh, the Gatos and Chad Show talked with the executive director of the Cactus League. Her name is Bridget Binsbacher, I believe is what it is. She was asked, do you expect to have a full slate of games? A full, I don't know, what is it usually, four weeks of spring training? Which Governor yeah. Ducey said, I think two weeks ago, we will have a full spring training whenever it starts. Well, but he didn't. I mean, he and, doesn't know. And Rob Manfred, in, the, in one of his press conferences... I don't know if it was the one where he first canceled games. That Thursday one where he made a fool of himself? Yeah, but kinda. it was one of the first two ones that I saw. He said that they would need a f- they would need four weeks of spring training before opening day. So the executive and director camps of the Cactus open League, tomorrow, by the way. Right. You can show up. I mean, basically now there, you could show up, but report a, day is Sunday. There's a game, actually. Um, this is from John Blake. I think he covers the Rangers. He tweets out, the Rangers and Royals minor league campers will open their spring game schedule tomorrow, March 11th, with the game in Surprise Stadium, and it's free for the fans. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Jack Leiter's supposed to pitch. Oh, that's a draw. Yeah, so I know it's the minor leaguers. What am I doing tomorrow? I know it's the minor <laughs> leaguers, but they're, oh, that's they're cool. having a game. And it's usually That's kind of usually what the first game of spring is anyway. It's usually not the yeah. big name guys. Well, and they've been in camp for a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, and... A week and a half. Yeah, the players have been working out uh, in Arizona, at least out in Mesa at, at Bell Bank Park. The major leaguers. Yeah, the major leaguers. Yeah. The, the, all Some the people of are part of the players' association. I don't know if everyone's here. Probably not everybody. No, but, I can't imagine. Uh, there's a good amount, so they're going to be making their way over to their their facilities too. So that's going to be cool. Forty people on the roster, thirty teams. That would be one thousand two hundred two hundred players. Do you think there's one thousand two hundred players over there? No, oh, probably, probably not. not. No, probably not. Um, so Sunday, March 13th, that's this Sunday, is the official report date. Most players should be here by then. Opening day for the regular season is now going to be April 7th. The D-backs open their season as they were supposed to with their home opener against the San Diego Padres. 
Okay. That was their home opener all along. I'm excited by that. San Diego is much more exciting nowadays than it was five years ago. Even yeah, they now they've opened they've opened like their last three seasons against the Padres. By the way, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know it's just one the last, player, but the last two are now in uh, Fernando Tatis, in San Diego. But Fernando Tatis is the most exciting. Is he be player playing in shortstop? Hopefully, is his shoulder fixed? Well, I don't think you ever fix a shoulder. They were playing him in right field to end the year last year because they were, they were because his shoulder kept dislocating. Yeah, when he was diving and sliding and swinging the bat. Did he not have a procedure? I in think the he, I think he did, I think but he I, did. I'm not sure. That doesn't when mean it's he fully it. healed, healed forever. Yeah. but anyway. are you really not going to play? The they'll play him in right in field. At short? They'll, they'll play him in right field at least. He was playing there last year. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, the Padres have one of the top shortstop prospects in baseball in C.J. Abrams. So there's always a chance they just move on to him and maybe Tatis plays another position. It's totally possible. Not like you need your right arm to play right field. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Cactus League should start relatively soon. That's great for the economic impact here in Arizona. Yeah, they're never going to... They're never going to, I mean, they lost money. They lost a lot of money. We should have been having spring training for a while now. Um, but they'll get some back. I do wonder what happened with all those workers. I mean, because they're essentially seasonal workers, right? They work for spring they training started, and then they the, both, don't. Both sides, the the Player Association and the, and the MLB, they started those funds for those people. Yeah, like a $1 million fund. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm sure... That's going well. Yeah, but divided amongst how many teams, I don't know how many employees, with how are. many employees, I yeah, I don't, and who qualifies for the that you know they each got like twelve dollars and thirty six cents or something. Um, Days pay, but no, I mean like there's a lot of I mean what what are we two weeks late already on spring training facilities? Yeah, and employees working there. So how many people were willing to just sit around and wait until baseball well, figured it well, out? And we're a month, they went and got other jobs. We're about a month late for the report date. And all those people who are working at the facilities and, you know, grounds crew, keeping the fields nice for the drills and everything. Concessions, and yeah. parking, just, just ushers. Re- just report date. Not even the games. Report date. Yeah. People and also the, the tourism industry, the hotels and, and rental car places, people come out to watch, go and watch the... The drills too, not just for the games. They well, go out and they, they want autographs from their favorite players, and you know, Cubs fans especially travel like insane. True. That's their vacation. Forget for the about year. forget about baseball. They come here for the baseball games, but then they also go to restaurants. Uh, they stay in hotels, like you mentioned. They rent a car. They go to the movies. They want to go to the mall. They want to. I mean, there's they, a lot of downtime between spring it's like training vacation. games. Yeah. yeah. The game really is only like three hours of their day. Yeah. They've got a whole rest of their day to do stuff, and that's that's where the real economic impact is. I'm so. really disappointed. I've been sitting and looking at Twitter this whole time, and not one person has signed. Not, okay. one, not one trade has happened. Let's talk about that here at the end of the podcast today. Um, because there is a deal that was reached today, basically, free agency opens back up now. It's open right now. Right. As so, we speak. There's still some big names that are out there. That need new teams. There's going to be signings. There's going to be trades. There's been rumors surrounding the Yankees looking at first baseman. There's been a lot of rumors. What do you expect to see? Well, the only tweet that I've seen that's come out so far regarding free agency is from John Morosi, and he says, oh, "This would suck if this happened." The Dodgers' interest in Freddie Freeman is sincere, based on what I've heard from sources tonight. 
The Braves and the Yankees obviously are prominent in the Freeman marketplace. Some in the industry believe he could be next major free agent to sign. Please don't go to L.A., Freddie. Okay, uh, game theory this out with me. Why? Who plays first base for the Dodgers? Max Muncy? Max Muncy, and he can play second. So you sign Freddie Freeman, you move Muncy to second. Who plays second for you the can Dodgers? Either... Trey Turner? But he moves to shortstop because Corey, Corey Seager's Seager gone. It, I feel that makes like sense. I feel like Justin Turner and Max Muncie are interchangeable at second base. There's also Chris Taylor, and there's also Gavin Lux. What do but you do with those guys? Chris, Chris Taylor, Taylor can play in the outfield. He can play anywhere. Is he their center fielder? No, no Bellinger is. Fielder. It goes Betts in right, Bellinger, Bellinger in center, Pollock in left. So we're just probably Chris Taylor, Chris Taylor platoons. I don't know. He's the kind of guy that starts every day, he but can in a different play position. Anywhere <laughs> yeah. you want him to, he could probably play catcher, and he can also probably pitch. Justin Turner still. Justin third. Turner's still there at third slash second because he's he older have the though. Range probably needs some days off. Yeah. So please don't go there, Freddie. Yeah, that would be. Just a Just go back to Atlanta. But you know what? That makes perfect go sense. Go to the Yankees. They lost Corey Seager. That's a that's a left-handed good bat, mm-hmm. and Freddie Freeman just won the MVP. Didn't he win an MVP like two years ago? Or did I make that up? I don't know. He just won a World Series. <laughs> yeah, he, he just won. won a World Series. Yeah, let's mark that part of the podcast. I have no idea if he won an MVP. I guess I just said that confidently. Um, <laughs> but no, but he is, I mean, he's, uh, can we at least say the best first baseman? Other than maybe Vlad Guerrero, who's really kind of a first, third combo? He, he, yeah, he's probably the best first baseman in the game right now. I would think so. Um, he's better than Paul Goldschmidt. He's yeah. V- Votto had a re- resurgence, Vlad but he's is, better than Votto. Vlad is, I mean, Vlad is a better hitter. Yeah, but but Freddie's a really good hitter too. Yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah, I, you, Matt Olson had a really good season. Matt Olson's up there, and he's he might get rumored traded. to get traded because the A's are trying. to I, I would everybody. think if Freddie Freeman leaves the Braves, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Braves go trade for Matt Olson. I would I would think that would be a good possibility. Carlos Correa is still a free agent. That's going to be interesting where he goes. Um, Freddie Freeman was the MVP in 2020, by the way. Oh, nationally. 2020. You don't count, count that? <laughs> nothing, nothing from that year counts. Do you, remember who the, do you remember who the AL MVP was that year? This is equally as hard to remember. Because you, you're gonna, you're gonna be like that guy didn't win an MVP. No, give me a hint. Also a first baseman. Hmm. Just on the other, in the other league. I don't know who was it. Jose Abreu. Oh yeah, remember he won an MVP. Yeah, he's not even like the top three player on his own team, and he won an MVP too. At least that's how I view the White Sox. But yeah, it, he's not. He's not <laughs> it's weird, he's not. isn't it? It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, but he's a great hitter. Yeah, he's, he is. He's good at he what he does. For average. Uh, anyway, sorry, you were talking about Correa. I mean, it's going to be interesting where he goes. He's the best player on the market the whole time. He honestly. might have been the best from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Clayton Kershaw's available. Clayton Kershaw. There's this whole thing that like it's either Dodgers, Retire, or Rangers for for Clayton Kershaw, the hometown thing, yeah, because he's from Texas. Yeah, he's, he's I'm a like, Dallas guy. I'm like, okay. Did you know he played high school oh. with Matthew Stafford? What, are you serious? When I'm, I'm only what, are you <laughs> what? I'm only I'm only saying this because it only got mentioned like hey, did you know times they were during the best friends? They that's all that they talk about <laughs> when you talk about Matthew Stafford. Did you know that he was best friends with Clayton Kershaw and Clay and <laughs> Clayton Kershaw was Matthew Stafford's catcher or whatever? Or, yeah, the other way around. I mean, it's Stafford kinda, was Kershaw's catcher. It's kind of cool. But also way overhyped and way over talked about. 
Who cares? Right. Who cares that they're best friends? Right. It, it doesn't I, matter. I think it's kind of cool, especially that they play in the same city. Well, actually, I guess technically they've never really played in the same city, right? Because Clayton Kershaw is no longer I technically mean, with technically the Dodgers. Technically, they haven't, no. Matthew Stafford well, showed up in August. they started in September. Okay, yeah, so they so crossed the Dodgers over. were still playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so technically they did for like yeah. you know, a hot minute. Yeah, for a little bit in uh, the playoffs. The glory days. Um, yeah, no, you're right, though. There's a ton of guys out there still. I Trevor wouldn't... Story is another one that could be oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean... Don't be shocked if we see a bunch of big signings in the next 48 hours. I'm trying to think who... Like, and some trades, who too. Who are the best pitchers that are still available right now? Well, we talked about Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw's uh, there. Off the top of my head, you're looking it up, so I'm just going to banter. Uh, off the top of my head, Verlander's not available, is he? No, he went back so. to the Astros. Okay. Did that happen before the lockout? Yes. Okay. He signed it. a two-year deal. He was them. one of the bigger names that was available, though, yeah. if I remember right. Um, yeah, I'm really blanking on free agent names. This website sucks. Gossman went to the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray went to the Mariners. Noah Syndergaard went to the Angels on a one-year deal. That's right. But it was a big money um, deal, if I remember. see here. Kershaw, we said that already. Kenley Jansen. He's available uh, he's, still? Yeah, he's unsigned. That's a big name. That's a big closer. closer. Uh, Corey Kluber went to the Rays. Carlos Rodon is out there. He's probably yeah. the best pitcher available. He's young. Is he a lefty? Yeah, he yeah, is. He's a lefty. That's 29 valuable. years old. Zach Granke is a free agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he's older and doesn't have a lot of velocity anymore. Yeah. Not that he ever really did, but... Um, he's he's a savvy pitcher. If you could um, get him on a on a bit of a deal, I'd I'd take Zach. Danny Duffy, Alex Wood went back to the Giants. Would you bring back Granky if you were the D backs? If you could get him for hmm. I don't know what's a fair price ten million. Would you bring him back for ten? Where this team is, I don't know. I don't think so. Ten would make him yeah. one of the most expensive players on the roster. Still, <laughs> yeah. he'd be like your third. Well, you're already paying him. Whatever wow. you're paying him when you traded him. Kind of true, yeah. So I don't know how that would work. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's not... You say Kikuchi is still available, the left-handed Japanese pitcher who is on the Mariners. There's not that... Joe Kelly is available. Oh, I forgot Kendall Graveman went to the White Sox. Yeah, they're they loaded, stacked bullpen. Dude. Holy crap. Loaded. Holy crap. Um, Hendricks will still get the same. I would say that... Carlos Rodon and Clayton Kershaw are probably the top pitchers available right now. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you this. Oh, what? So every year around this time, I buy the Lindy's magazine. You know, the one that like it has like uh, profiles of the players, where which team they're on now. It's like full deep dive of like, you know, top prospects. Uh, players to draft in your fantasy league. I was just going to say, um, is this your prep for our fantasy league? Kind of. Team-by-team breakdowns. It's. It, I use it mostly to remind me where people went. <laughs> okay. So that, I, so that when I see Robbie Ray pitching for the Mariners, I'm not like, oh my God, Robbie Ray's on the Mariners now? So I buy the magazine every year. It's like 15 bucks. So I buy it, and uh, I went to the Diamondbacks page, right? So they usually break down, like they have a profile on where they're at as an organization, then they have a breakdown of fantasy, then they have a breakdown of the roster, who starts at every position, starters, relievers, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. There's a big picture on the front page of every team section of usually a star player or or a notable player for each of the teams, right? So I flipped to the Diamondbacks. I feel like I know where this is going. The picture is, do you want to guess who the picture is of? Is it a 
it's, it's a hitter. It's a hitter. It's a hitter. Is it yeah. Cattell Marte? No, it's not. It's a picture of wait. wait. It's is not Cattell it, Marte. Is it Dalton Varsho? No. Is it? It's probably the face of the is organization. It David Peralta. Yeah, it's David Peralta. Okay. It's David Peralta. Okay. And the caption reads. Diamondbacks infielder Cattell Marte. Oh no. It's a picture of Peralta. And I even thought to myself, like Do they not have editors there? I, I even it's thought a baseball magazine, right? Yes. And I thought to myself this is like the baseball magazine. And Eesh. I thought I thought to myself, well, maybe I'm just looking Eesh. at the face wrong. Maybe that is Cattell and I'm I'm the one that's wrong. <laughs> and I look at it and I'm like, no, I know who David Peralta is. He's been here a long time. And I know who Cattell is. He's been here oh, for a few years man. too. The baseball magazine doesn't even know who the player is that the Diamondbacks are represented by in their own Ouch. magazine. Yikes. That's where we're at with Yikes. the D-backs. I, you know, I was pretty down in the dumps with these negotiations before today. So I was literally on YouTube watching highlights from last year. The Diamondbacks highlights in a year where they lost 111 games. What highlights? Uh, they were mostly Cattell Marte. Uh, I, was, I was watching. <laughs> Tyler Gilbert. I was wa- yeah, I did watch the highlights from Tyler Gilbert's no hitter because that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but I was watching Cattell Marte and I... It's just, it, it it goes under the radar how good he is. He rakes. how good of he had injuries last year, so that sucked. But like later on in the season, after he had come back, he his average read three twenty five. In two thousand and nineteen, he almost won the batting title. He almost led the major leagues in hits. Wasn't he the like National League fourth anyway. in MVP voting a couple? Of I years think ago? Christian Yelich beat him in all those things. Yeah. Um, I think that's when and now Christian Yelich sucks. Yeah, I know. It's weird. That was Yelich's MVP year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Cattell Marte was so good in in 2019, and then 2020 happened, and nothing counted. And then he just had injuries last year. I really hope, I I I really hope that they find a center fielder because I want Cattell Marte at second to just just give his legs some rest because most of his injuries are are hamstring related i think it'll be varsha center probably that's my guess i don't like it but that's what i think um by the way in terms of Marte and how dominant he was last year against right-handed pitching 286 351 on base that's really good against lefties he, he kills lefties dude batting average 387 he kills them he kills them on base percentage 435 Slugging. What's a good slugging number? Like 550? Yeah, six something, maybe. 736. OPS. Mm. Good OPS is like 850. Like, that, those are the good hitters. 1.171. Dude, he kills lefties. Cattell Marte might be the best hitter in the league he might, against lefties. He might want to bat right-handed more, even against right-handed. Well, okay, so here's here's a comp. Cedric Mullins last year. Switch hitter who all of a sudden, and nobody had heard of him before yeah. last year. Yeah. And he switched to just hitting left handed. And he raised. He's an all star. Yep. Hit 300, I think. Yep. Maybe you could tell should hit right handed. Just saying. I mean, his his numbers hitting left handed are pretty good, too. Yeah, but, 286. Like yeah. I said, 286 and 351 so, on base is still really good. So here are some of the, we're, we were talking about free agency. Here are some of the top guys left. Um, they're mostly hitters. Um, Carlos Correa, obviously. Yep. Chris Bryant, still a free agent. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting, especially because he can play a lot of positions, so he can fill different needs for a lot of different teams. I'm um, so lukewarm on him, though. I know, if he, he didn't have positional flexibility, I wouldn't like he, him that much. He didn't have a good season last year. 
he didn't really I mean, he was okay for the Giants when he got there, but I don't he just he wasn't a difference maker. Is there anybody else who's won an MVP that you're like very lukewarm Man, on he, all around? He burst onto the scene though, too. Yeah, he, he won did. the rookie of the year, he Top was an prospect. MVP. He was, you know, the, he was a part of the 2016 World Series team yep. that broke the curse. And then all of a sudden, it's just he kind of fell off. Yeah. I mean, Harper did that a little bit after he won an MVP, and then he kind of fell off. But now he's back to being Harper. Won the MVP last year. Yeah. So That's who won the MVP last year. There you go. Bryce Harper. You remembered. Uh-huh. There we go. Um, Freddie Freeman, we already talked about. Uh, Trevor Story, we kind of mentioned. Another interesting one, Nick Castellanos. Great hitter. Still a free agent. There were a lot of rumors about him going to the Marlins. Then they ended up with Avisail Garcia, who's a comparable player in a lot of ways. Yeah. A little bit faster, but yeah. but uh, and better in the field probably. But Castellanos um, is a great hitter. He might be a top 15 hitter in baseball. Some other kind of less notable players. Um, Anthony Rizzo, free agent. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Conforto, outfielder from the Mets, is a free agent still. Uh, how about this? Before he got hurt, he was probably the hottest hitter on the planet. Kyle Schwarber, yeah. free agent. That's a hard one, though, because remember, I mean, he got tossed around for a minute because nobody wanted him. He's got clear defensive struggles, liabilities. Yeah. I don't know what position he really plays. If Left he's, field? Well, there's a DA, universal there's a DH universal now. There's a universal DH now, So yep. he could just go DH oh, anywhere. That, oh, my gosh. It opens up the world. Oh, my goodness. That just hit me like like a... He could play on a National League team now. He could, well, he was well, on the he Nationals. He was on so. the Nationals. And he was hitting leadoff and hitting everything into the upper deck. Right, yeah. He's just crushing homers. He could play in the National League again. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a Diamondback. Hey! Uh, no, they probably can't afford that. But Why not? But he's the kind we're of guy back, who... We're back to that now. He was. You're right, though. He was the best hitter in baseball for half a season, yep. essentially, and a 40 home run pace. I mean, yeah, he could be nasty. Um, Nelson Cruz. Still his, great. His market just increased. If, Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? I think so. Maybe I don't know. He could. He. I think he's at like four hundred and fifty something home runs, if I remember right. He only needs a couple more decent seasons of homers. How about this? Two guys that were insane in the postseason last year are still unsigned. Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario. Yeah, are unsigned. Now the problem with those guys is is they are they get streaky. Mm. They can be really really good Soler for a short especially. period of time. Yeah, he'll hit 14 home runs in seven but days, now the Bra- and then he won't hit one for but a month. He's another guy that is can be, you know, his market can be really expanded by the DH. True, because he's not a very good fielder. Yeah, well, um, Rosario maybe too. Yeah. He doesn't have a ton of speed yeah. at least. He's um, a decent fielder. Just looking down the rest of this top 50 here, I'm on, I'm on a CBS tracker. Tommy Pham. Eh. Mm. I thought he was going to be. I, I was when the when the Padres traded for Tommy Pham from the Rays a couple years ago. I was like, oh crap, because Tommy Pham was doing really well in Tampa. He was, yeah. and he just didn't really pan out in San Diego. A lot of injuries. Yeah. Um. Jock Peterson, another another season Atlanta hero. Guy. Yeah. Another Atlanta dude. Jock Peterson, though, he has this this thing with the postseason where he just turns it on. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Another guy that could benefit from DH, DH yeah, because yeah. he's he's 29 now. He's not in the best of shape uh, to play the outfield, kind of like Kyle Schwarber. It's got the um, pearls, though. So yeah, well, yeah, right. We'll see what happens there. Apparently, they're not fake. Like a lot of people were trying to claim that they were fake. I'm like, why would Jock Peterson? He's a, yeah, he a million. He's a millionaire. <laughs> what? He yeah, need his, fake pearls. His pearls are fake. Okay. Okay. Sure thing. 
Um, Baseball's yeah, back, some, Steve. Those are some good names. Baseball's back, Steve. Over under. Over under six oh major signings in the next 24 hours. And by major signings, I mean like, you know, well, over, over under six and a half in total. Over yeah. under six and a half. Six and a half, yeah. Over. Okay. These guys need to get to camp. <laughs> yeah. These guys need to. Well, and teams have had a long enough time to figure out what they want. Well, and, and, and we talked about this too um, a couple episodes ago, I think. The teams like the Diamondbacks, right in our backyard, Tori Lovello's coaching staff is brand spanking new. Everyone besides him is new on the staff. Yeah. They have a new hitting coach, pitching coach, assistant hitting coach. You know, you got to start building those relationships. I think Mike Fetters might still be there in the bullpen, actually, but I'm not sure about that. But yeah, you, you got to get these guys in working with their new coaches to, you know, a lot of times new coaches come in and they see a guy from afar on film and like, let's take a guy like Luke Weaver, you know, a guy that they would like to pan out here. And this is really and like a last chance. Probably for him. make or break for Luke Weaver is and 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 the new pitching coach comes in and he might want to change some stuff with his delivery or whatever. Maybe he wants to add a pitch or take away a pitch. Like, hey, this pitch isn't working for you. Stop throwing it. You know, something that hasn't been said to him before. And they need to those players that are free agents too need to get in there with their new their new coaches and, and get going. All right. We have a deal. It's been signed. It's, it's been, been ratified. Ratified. <laughs> ratified is a fun word I haven't heard since history class in oh, high school. Oh, yes. Um, what this means for baseball. Sunday is the official report date, March 13th. That's this Sunday. Uh, games should be starting up soon. Spring games at the very least. And then opening day will be April 7th. The Diamondbacks get the yes. Padres to open up the season. We couldn't be more thrilled about it, and we're thrilled to have you along for the ride here on the Ain't No Fang Podcast. Longest 99 days ever. It's been a while, but it's over. So you can bask in all that glory. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang Podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. Baseball's back, baby! Baseball's back, baby!